If you like watching TV shows, you've probably heard about the recent Netflix series Squid Game, or Ojingo Game, as it's known in Korean. So Squid Game is a Korean dystopian show that was released on September 17th of 2021. And the show is about contestants who play deadly children's game to win a cash prize. And each of these contestants have their own reasons for participating in the games. But whether it's because of debt or medical bills or anything else, they have one thing in common, and it's that they need money. So in today's special episode, we'll be talking a bit more about Squid Game and the different games that they play and also the important social issues that they bring up. So keep in mind that there will be major, major spoilers from the show. So if you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend that you do now. It's completely blown up online within the past few weeks. And I believe it, there's over like 111 million views on Netflix now. So it's the most watched series. And it's been everywhere from Instagram to TikTok. And if you're learning Korean, it's also a really great way to practice your listening skills. So I highly encourage all of you guys to give it a try. So on today's special episode, we'll be delving into the Korean childhood games that the show features, along with other important social issues in Korea that Squid Games brings up. And that's pretty much it. So let's get started. So first up, we have Dakji. And we saw Dakji in the first episode, when the man in the suit asked Seung Ki-hoon, who's the main character, to play a game of takji for money. And then he offered the main character an opportunity to play more games for even more money. So you might remember that they had these folded paper tiles and they were throwing them onto the ground. So the goal of takji is to use a paper tile, which is called dakji, and then throw it hard enough so that the other player's dakji flips over. And you can actually create these folded paper tiles yourself, and it's super easy because it's basically just a simple origami fold. And there's many resources online if you'd like to try folding them yourself. So dakji is a really popular playground game in Korea because all you really need is just paper and you just need to know how to fold this paper into a dakji, like a paper tile shape. And I remember I used to make dakji with huge newspapers because I wanted mine to be super big and I thought that would help me win against everybody else. So the next game that comes up in the show is 무궁화 꽃이 피었습니다. So that's the equivalent of red lights, green lights in America. So basically what happens is there's one person who is quote unquote it, and that person stands on one end and all the other players are at the opposite end. And all these players must try to reach where the it is standing. And when the it's back is turned, the players can move and they can run forward and do whatever they want. But then when the it says, 무궁화 꽃이 피었습니다, or in America, it would be like red light, green light. And then they would turn around after they say that. And then the players can't move at all. If they move, then they're eliminated. And in Squid Game, the elimination means that they die. Um, 
I promise you it's usually not that bloody in real life. Usually you just sit out of the game, of course. Um, but in Squid Game, it is a lot more drastic. And of course, the whole point of the show is that these children's games are suddenly turned into something a lot more frightening and something very violent. So in Korea, we say 무궁화 꽃이 피었습니다, which literally translates to the hibiscus flower has bloomed. And the third game that we'll be talking about is 달고나, or also known as 뽑기. So dalgona is a Korean candy and it's made with sugar and baking soda. So you would usually melt this sugar and then you would add baking soda and then you would pour this mixture onto a surface and let it cool. And you can stamp on designs like stars and circles onto the candy while it's hot. And once the candy is cooled, it becomes very crunchy and hardened. So dalgona was a super popular street snack during the 1970s and 1980s in Korea. But I also remember eating them as a snack when I was a kid in the early 2000s. So it's still something that's around and popular. And I remember I would go to the local bungujam, which are like Korean stationery stores. And these stationery stores would actually have dalgona stations for kids. And once you paid 200원, which was about like 20 cents, you would get like a ladle, sugar, and baking soda, and you could create your own dalgona. So at these Talgona stations, I could heat up the sugar and baking soda in the ladle and then pour that onto the cool surface and use a cookie cutter to stamp in a shape like a circle or a star. And a lot of and a lot of kids will play this game where you try and get the shape out of the candy and you have to like try and trim, trim your way around the shape um, without breaking the candy, which is exactly what you see happening in Squid Game. And dalgona is still pretty popular in Korea today. And if, in fact, the whipped coffee that went viral on TikTok last year is actually from Korea, and it's called the dalgona coffee. So Koreans will usually place pieces of broken dalgona onto whipped coffee, just as like a topping, and it's also really pretty and tasty. And there's also been bingsu, which is Korean shaved ice, and souffles and other dessert items that incorporate dalgona and the dalgona flavor because it's so yummy and so nostalgic for a lot of Koreans. So the next game we'll talk about is juldariki. And juldariki is when two teams pull on the opposite side of a rope. And the goal is to bring the rope a certain distance in one direction against the opposing team's pull. So it's basically just tug of war. And this game is a super popular sport during undonghae. And undonghae are basically sports days in Korean schools. So in Korea, there's usually a whole day dedicated to students playing different sports at school. And they'll divide up the entire school into two teams, the Tong team and the Pig team, which literally translates to blue team and white team. Then all the students will participate in sports games like tug of war, which is Trudarigi, and relay races, running, soccer, stuff like that. So tug of war is an iconic sports game that many Koreans played as a child during their school's undonghae or their school's sports day. So it's really nostalgic to think about undonghae and you know being a kid and playing all these sports games with your friends and cheering your team on. So it's it's a very nostalgic moment. And finally, let's talk about ojingo game. So Ojingo game is the very last game that they play um, in Squid Game. And Ojingo means squid and game is the English word game. 
So Ojinga game, the name of the show, is um, based off of this last game they played. And I've personally never heard of this game, so I did some digging online in the Korean community. And from what I've seen, there's many people who haven't played or ever heard of this game before. But some have played this game a long time ago in like the 1980s or 90s. And some others have played a game similar to this, but they called it something different. So Ojingo game, the squid game itself, isn't something that's super known or super popular in Korea, but there are a lot of other playground games that children will play. Um, for example, there's Tangje Mokki, which is when you get like a piece of land and then you try to take over the other kids' lands. And there's a lot of town Norito or playgrounds in Korean neighborhoods. So a lot of kids will play playground games like Ojingo game or Tangje Mokki after school with their friends. So those are the main games that were played in Squid Game that were super nostalgic and famous among Korean viewers. And next, let's discuss some of the important social issues that Squid Game brings up. First of all, there's economic insecurity and poverty. And this is probably the biggest theme that's present in Squid Game. So the United Nations has something called the Human Development Index, which ranks countries based on their residents' health education, and income. And South Korea is ranked 23rd out of 189, which is pretty good. It means that comparatively, Koreans' health, education, and income is pretty good compared to other countries. But that doesn't mean it's perfect, and there's a lot of ways that Korea needs to improve. There are still economic issues that affect people every day, one of them being poverty. So when you compare the top 20% earners in Korea versus the lowest 20%, the top 20% has a net worth about 166 times greater. So basically, there's a big gap between the rich and the poor. And Squid Game helps us see the lives of the lowest 20%, those who are in desperate need of money and they have no choice but to join these Squid Games in order to survive. And going off of this topic of poverty, there's also a crisis with elder poverty, where a lot of elders in Korea are poor and unable to support themselves. If you want to learn more, I talk more about elder poverty in Season 1, Episode 29, if you'd like to learn more. And one of the other important social issues is women's rights. And there's actually a particular scene in Squid Game that I'd like to talk about. And it's right before the tug of war that touches upon this topic. So Sangwoo, who is like the main antagonist, tells everyone in this team to recruit a male player to their team instead of a female player. And this is because he thinks that having more men me means that they'll be more likely to win the next game because they're stronger and smarter or whatever. And this touches upon the subject of gender discrimination in Korea. And according to the WEF's 2021 Gender Gap Index, Korea is 102nd place. And basically, it shows that Korea still has a lot of gender discrimination, and there's a lot of work to be done with that, and especially with the pay gap in Korea. And speaking of discrimination, let's also talk about migrant workers. 
So in Squid Game, we saw Ali, who was a migrant worker in Korea from Pakistan, Pakistan, and he was working to support his baby and his wife. Um, and fortunately, he was killed by um, Sangwoo during the Marbles game. And an interesting note here is that when Ali refers to Sangwoo, he actually calls him Sajangnim. And Sajangnim isn't sir, it actually translates to boss. It's something that you it's a it's something that you use to refer to someone who you work for. And I know in the English translations it sometimes said sir because there isn't really a direct translation for this. But Ali was actually treating Sangwoo like his boss. And this really is sad because it shows that Ali doesn't really know how to refer to someone else um, without using the title 사장님 because his entire life in Korea has just been working for bosses and people that exploit him. And of course, Ali ends up dying in the hands of Sangwoo because Sangwoo tricks him, which really shows that there is a problem with exploitation of migrant workers in Korea. And in recent years, there have been more and more foreigners coming to Korea to work as migrant workers. And these migrant workers are legally tied to their employer, which means they can be easily mistreated by their employers. And if their employer decides to take advantage of them um, by underpaying them or abusing them, it's unlikely that the employer will actually face legal consequences. And this is very unfortunate, given that there's a lot of these foreign workers in Korea. There's about 248,000 legal migrant workers and another 400,000 undocumented migrant workers in Korea. And South Korea is a pretty homogenous nation um, because most people there are ethnically Korean. So multiculturalism is something that's relatively new. And this means that Korean culture isn't as open towards immigration and migrant workers as other countries are, which is why it's taking a while to change the system and really help these migrant workers get the justice they need. And next, let's talk a little bit about Sebyeok, um, one of the main female characters of the show, who turns out to be a defector from North Korea. So Sebyeok has escaped the hardships of North Korea in hopes of a better life in South Korea. However, it turns out she was actually tricked by the brokers, who are people who help people escape from North Korea in exchange for money. And Sebyeok needs this money desperately in order to help her mom, who is still in North Korea. And she needs to pay these brokers to get her mom out of North Korea and reunite her family together. So one of the themes that Squid Game highlights through Sebyeok is these North Korean defectors that come to South Korea with the hopes of a better life, but don't necessarily get that. And they have to hide their North Korean accents in fear of being discriminated against. And we can see this in Squid Game. Sebyeok's North Korean accent only comes out when she's talking to her brother in private because they're both from North Korea. And she hides that accent when she's talking to other people because she doesn't want to be perceived as being different or being discriminated because she's from another country. And also, these North Korean defectors have to restart their lives in a new country. So they need money, a place to stay, education, a job, and so much more. And while the South Korean government generally tries to help defectors start a new life in South Korea, 
the life of a North Korean defector is still difficult because of these stereotypes against North Koreans um, as being people who defected from North Korea and um, aren't as educated as South Koreans and are poor and have a different accent and so on. So let's move on to talk a little bit more about episode seven, when we're introduced to these masked VIPs that watch over the games. And these VIPs are having fun betting on players, drinking, eating, and just lounging around while these players are fighting for their lives. And we can tell that these VIPs are incredibly rich and powerful and very important. And they symbolize the powerful Western powers, like the United States, that still have an imperialistic influence over Korea. And this goes for other countries as well. But in Squid Game specifically, we can see that um, these VIPs who are international powers, they don't speak Korean and they're all talking in English. They're basically ruling over this Squid Game that takes place in Korea. And especially one of the VIPs tries to sexually take advantage of the police officer. And while Korea has never been an official colony of the United States, it's undeniable that the U.S. exerts a huge influence over Korea and its policies. And in Squid Game, we can see that these VIPs are really the ones who are ruling over the Squid Game and who truly have a say over the game because they're just more rich and powerful. And finally, let's talk about the massacres that happen in Squid Game. And there's a lot of violence, blood, and massacres during Squid Game. And as I mentioned in season two, there were also a lot of massacres that happened in South Korea during the presidency of Jeon Doo-hwan. And this was years ago. This, um, the most infamous one that we'll be talking about happened around 1980. And it's called the Gwangju Massacre. And I did talk about this in season two. So check that out if you're interested. So basically what happened was that students in the city of Gwangju protested President Jeon Doo-hwan because he was ruling like a dictator and suppressing protests, which is obviously not what a president should be doing. So Jeon Doo-hwan sent out military, military troops and he ended up killing all these students and civilians who were participating in the protests. And he basically committed a huge massacre. So these scenes of bloodshed and massacres in Squid Game are actually reflective of Korea's own history when people in power would abuse that power to harm innocent civilians. So that's pretty much it for this episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed watching Squid Game. I personally loved watching Squid Game. I thought it was really interesting and it was very insightful, um, especially about these social issues and the way that the director portrayed these issues through a really unique setting, you know, like who would think of um, making like a survival game out of children's games? It was very nostalgic and very interesting for me. And I hope you guys had a fun time learning a bit more about Korean culture through this show. So if you guys have any other suggestions for future topics, um, whether it's related to Squid Game or anything else, make sure to leave it in the suggestions form, which will be linked in the description. And we'll be back soon with other special episodes. So um, keep checking for those and we'll see you guys soon. 그럼 감사합니다. Then thank you.